Hey everyone, we're Abby and Caitlin, and we work at Delane Gibson Insurance, an insurance agency in Wellesley, Massachusetts. As 24-year-olds that have a crazy obsession with pop culture, we decided to create a podcast. We started our podcast to take the latest pop culture and relate it to important insurance topics that we work with in the office every single day. We work with our sales team to assess and lower our clients' total cost of risk. And we're chicks! So the Risky Chicks podcast began in the spring of 2019. Today, we're going to take a deeper dive into employment practices liability and how harassment affects the workplace in not only small, uh, not only large businesses, but small businesses as well. Yeah, this is kind of an intense topic. Um, so in pop culture, we've seen that times have changed drastically and people are coming out with stories and empowering others to tell their stories and have the courage to tell them on, you know, how they've been affected by sexual harassment, sexual assault, how it's, you know, taken a toll on their lives and, you know, a small portion to, you know, these bigger court cases that we see in the news. Um, We've all obviously have heard about the Me Too movement. It began, began in October of 2017 as a hashtag on social media to demonstrate the widespread prevalence of sexual assault, especially in the workplace. The top pop culture stories we've seen around this was the Harvey Weinstein case. We saw Matt Lauer, Larry Nasser, Antonio Brown. So we see these stories being taken place with these, you know, high-profile celebrities and, you know, how it's created this crazy social media frenzy of what's going on. But a lot of this stuff happens, you know, in the workplace where we live and do our lives every day and it doesn't really matter what size company you're at. No, not at all. And I feel like the trainings is where it becomes important in the workplaces. No matter what size, you could have five employees, you could have... 7,000 employees, but making sure that your employees are trained properly on what harassment is, which we'll talk about today, what is defined as harassment, and we'll kind of take a dive into how sometimes people say things not intentionally, but Mm -hmm. it still can come across to your audience as harassment, and that is something that we'll talk about today about how people can kind of protect themselves through employment practices liability. And we also have a special guest today from Delane Gibson, Margaret Short, and she's going to give us some great insight from her experiences working in HR and kind of seeing how sometimes the the bad cases can be people that weren't even intentionally doing it. Yeah, and how important it is to take a look at this stuff. And how it doesn't only affect the person that it's directed at, but it affects the entire workplace and company as a whole. And uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, I'd like to also mention that uh, maybe having the use of the word chicks uh, for such intelligent, articulate young women, uh, not the best choice. (laughs) Just a little HR (laughs) suggestion. So, Margaret, I know we just had our company training for harassment recently, but can you give a better insight onto what exactly is harassment in the workplace? Well, harassment... um, is a form of discrimination. And uh, you know, what the pop culture references that you made mostly referred to a kind of quid pro quo harassment, right, which is something that you do for someone and expect something in return. Um, the casting couch, you know, was a common uh, phrase that people used back in the day. What's the phrase? 
The casting couch? The casting couch. Yeah, I'm a lot older than you. So <laughs> um, that was used with people like Harvey Weinstein, though, who would expect women to do certain favors for like, him. Uh, I'll in return, do this if you do that. In return for a role right. in his movie. So that right. was called The Casting Couch. The Casting Couch. Uh, um, I didn't know that. Right, so that's quid pro quo, this for that. Uh, the other type of harassment that we see that's a little uh, more kind of difficult to pinpoint can be the hostile work environment. And that's kind of when you're talking about um, the way people are talking to one another, your company culture, uh, pictures that are displayed, emails that are sent, mm-hmm. a lot of different types of conversation can become uh you know, a hostile work environment. But what a hostile work environment is, is severe and pervasive. So it has to be, it can't just be one stupid thing that somebody says, but usually it is a a pathology of kind of bullying or offensive behaviors. Like repeatedly? Like, well, we would see this behavior, this attitude more than once. Yes, that's what pervasive mm-hmm. would, would imply is that it is creating that environment where people are uncomfortable in coming to work. And if it's to be harassment, then it means it also needs to uh, be focused on your position as a member of a protected class. Right? And protected classes are race and gender, sexual preferences, uh, national identity. So basically everyone is a member of a protected class because we all are a part of some race or gender. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, usually we talk about it when it refers to the members of a, of a minority class or women or something like that. But it can be anybody. It can be absolutely anybody as long as that's what they're being singled out for. It can become an instance of harassment. And so... Say this person is targeting the one person and it's going to be considered harassment, but someone else in the workplace picks up on it and kind of says something to HR. Mm -hmm. How would that be handled in the workplace? I feel like that's like this person feels uncomfortable, so they said something but don't want to be involved. But now they are because they said something. They reported it. They reported it. Whenever, uh, you know, as an HR person, whenever harassment is reported to you, you have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You have to get all the information. There has to be a lot of documentation that's involved. And usually there's some sort of investigation. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of times, like you say, people who are the victims of harassment are afraid to come to mm-hmm. uh, the human resource person. They're afraid of making a big scene mm-hmm. or there being you know, uh, implications in the workplace. They're afraid of being retaliated against. You know, Retaliation uh, is a big problem. But it's also against the law, so that people shouldn't be afraid of that. It's kind of hard to, to quell those fears once they're, once they're in you. But, you know, if you're being made to feel uncomfortable in your workplace, you know, the administration should want you to, to bring this to their attention so that they can stop it. And certainly, you know, in my role as an HR consultant, that's what I want to do with clients and with my own company, is make sure that nobody feels that they're uncomfortable or being, you know, unnecessarily bullied in the workplace. Right. Um, so usually there's an investigation. You know, people will be called into an office and asked questions about what they overheard and, you know, whether mm-hmm. there's been a repeated kind of uh, pattern of behavior, um, what was said, who was, who was saying it, and so forth, you know. And then usually there's a committee that will come up with a determination and, you know, whatever consequences are 
determined will will be uh, kind of meted out at that point. Right. So for companies, I feel like this is all required to be written in their handbook to be effective, correct? It is. Now, uh, Massachusetts doesn't have a requirement for trainings. You do have to have a harassment policy that people uh, in your employment are aware of and have signed off on, but you don't have to have training, although uh, people can't be expected to understand what it is if you don't train them in it. And just having people read a policy and let's face it, nobody reads their employee handbook <laughs> cover to cover. Um, Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so there's no point. That's really not teaching people yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. The real way to get to the heart of the issue here is, is, to, is to affect your company culture. Right. It's not just a, a policy and telling people to be nice. It is in, you know, infusing that kind of respect into the way everyone interacts with, with mm-hmm. one another mm-hmm. at your company. That's really the, the way to mitigate any risk you have of, of harassment claims. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely a large spectrum of what people think might be considered harassment, and people just have like no idea that would be considered harassment. Which is why I get that having these trainings would be important so then everyone's on the same page. Yeah, uh, because harassment really is in the eye of the beholder. You, know, yeah. you can mm-hmm. say something and not mean to be cruel exactly, yeah. or, or harassing in any way, but if somebody takes it as such, then that becomes a problem. Yeah. So you want to, A, as you know, some, when you're speaking with people, you want to make sure that you know, you're not veering off into that disrespectful into, yeah. territory. And also... I feel like I hear this like every day, just like in passing, but people in our office always say, know your audience. And that's, I think, relates perfectly to this topic of like, you just never, if you're talking with a group, you just never know how someone's going to take something. So, and as we said, if you have to think about it, you probably shouldn't say it. Exactly. And that's something that like, yes, we can like giggle about it, but it's actually really important to know your audience and understand who's around you and understand who you work with and creating that culture like you were just talking about of respecting each other and knowing each other and understanding who might take yeah. something the wrong yeah. way. have serious consequences. Yeah. yeah, knowing, I mean, knowing one another, and especially in a small company, you know, people, uh, employers who have small companies don't think they're at risk. I know everybody in my company. There's not a problem yeah. in my company. Um, but that doesn't always hold, hold true, right? We know statistically small companies have just as many uh, cases filed against them, if not more than larger companies do. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though we know one another, we don't always know the right thing to do. So uh, teaching people how to interact with one another and, and knowing what those expectations are really is a, a big part of, again, you know, not having these issues going forward and, and letting people just do their job, which is what we all want everyone to do at work. Yeah, and there's this stat that Abby and I have found, and it's also been in one of our blogs, but going back to what you were just saying about companies thinking that they know each other and everything, but over 40% of employment practices claims are against firms with fewer than 100 employees, and that, I think, speaks loudly to what we're talking about today, about how it does affect every everywhere, every company, small, large. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you don't, uh, as a small company... You know, you don't have, you feel like you don't need to have these trainings, you know, have someone come in and give it an explanation of harassment and have everyone go to it. Um, But then if something does happen and someone does file a lawsuit, 
uh, you don't have any kind of affirmative defense, which yeah. means you can't go and say, you know, I've done the training, I have the policy, I've done X, Y, Z, and it happened anyway, but I did everything I was supposed to do. You know, so you want to be able to, to prove that you've done everything in your power to create the right kind of environment. Yeah. yeah, and that also comes down to, like, the insurance aspect of this conversation that I'm sure we've all heard the words before about employment practices liability and how does that protect companies of any size? I mean, they should have a policy in place, right? Yeah. Or Like the importance yeah. of having yeah. it. Right. So, I mean, first, you know, when you're talking about risks, right, you want to make sure that you're trying to mitigate that risk as much as possible. So trainings and policies go a long way towards mitigating that risk. And then the bottom line is, you know, sometimes bad things just happen, and you want to have some way of really financing that. And the EPLI, Employment Practices Liability Insurance, finance any issues that you have. So if somebody does, you know, file a lawsuit, the insurance policy will help pay for some of the legal costs because the legal costs go into the six figures very, very quickly. Yes, definitely. And yeah, I just think that those policies are important to have in place. Yeah. So they this is kind of a way for companies to protect themselves from any future lawsuits. Yeah. And uh, they also usually give you um, a lot of the policies will have access to an HR hotline or uh, legal advice mm -hmm. so that you can always call in if you're going to uh, terminate somebody or if somebody brings a complaint to your to your desk, you know, you can give them a call and they'll talk you through what you should do. Oh, wow. Okay. That's good nice. to know, too. That's <laughs> a good resource to have. I mean, they're paying for to put the policy in place. Yeah. So having those yeah. little extra things, I think, is a good sell on having companies purchase yeah. this I know. policy. And it's like a heavy topic for a yeah. lot of, you know, managers and CEOs to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, what Grip HR also helps out with. Yes. Because, you know, we're always a resource for our clients. And, again, you can always give us a call and we'll walk Definitely. you through anything like that. Yeah, I think it's helpful to have resources because sometimes just if it hasn't happened before, understanding the process of, what to do, what to record, how to investigate yeah. the situation, and how to know you're covered. Exactly. Is, it's yeah. important to have someone yeah. that understands it. Human resources is a broad, yeah. you know, broad oh, area of yeah. knowledge. Yeah. And, and harassment complaints and sexual harassment complaints are uh, really sensitive, mm -hmm. right? Because somebody's being hurt, someone's being frightened, or maybe physically threatened in some way. So this is serious stuff. Yeah. And um, you, know, you don't want that in your, your work environment. Uh, but when it's brought to you, sometimes it's very nerve-wracking to know how to deal with that properly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so by all means, you should always bring in some kind of expert, yeah. whether it's through your insurance policy or through Group HR, you know, and have somebody walk you through the steps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's important. I feel like it's also important that your employees also have comfort in coming mm -hmm. forward with mm -hmm. stuff like this. Just because, you know, in the pop culture, we see that these people are telling stories that have happened, like, you know, years ago. Yeah, and it only it all started with one person speaking yeah. out, and it made the rest of anyone else who's been affected else. feel like they can speak out now because that one person that spoke out first was yeah. was respected started a movement. and started yeah. a movement. Yeah. Well, again, you know, that kind of goes back to the culture of, of respect, mm -hmm. and you know, so that your employees feel comfortable talk coming to you or somebody within your organization that they can talk to and explain what's been going on and understand that there's a process and that um, anything they bring to your attention is going to be 
you know, dealt with in some way. Because the, the worst thing to do is to have somebody bring you this complaint and do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You know? right. And it's tempting to say, to, to think it's frivolous and that I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of cases out there, there's a lot of examples where that happened. Somebody brought this complaint to the manager and six months, and they did nothing, and six months down the line, you know, there's a multi, you know, hundred, hundreds of thousand dollars worth of, of damages being awarded to that person because nobody bothered nobody to follow did. up on anything, anything, you know. So you don't want to just let things go by the wayside when it comes to, uh, to any of this harassment complaints. Yeah, and like back to the insurance side, I think people don't realize how important it is to have themselves covered too with, yeah. on that side of it because all of a sudden that manager didn't do anything and all this money is now being awarded to that person, but that policy can help protect them and help protect the company from yeah. losing thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and help them not have severe damages to their, their Protect them financially. Yeah, finan- finances, yes. So spinning off of our finance discussion that we just finished, our next episode is going to be hot topics in HR. So that's going to include wage and hour. Hot topics. Hot topics. This is like the store hot topic. Oh my God, remember that store? That was store. Is that store around? Yeah, it is. I used to go in there and get those clip-in colored like hair extensions (laughs) that were like hot pink or like green. I would wear them to school and thought I was like the coolest girl. They're like, think of like the clip-in extensions that people wear to like match their hair and make it longer, but like green. They're like little like clips and they're just like, it's this much hair. So it's like this giant. I'm gonna go after work. We're going to hot topics topics for the next hot topics. HR field trip. HR field trip. So (laughs) anyway, (laughs) we will talk about wage an hour and also the new paid family medical leave act that's going into place October 1st. So you'll hear our view on that. You'll hear you'll hear (laughs) all about that and how it's going to affect the workplace as well. So thanks for joining us, Margaret. Thank you for having us. That awesome information. Yeah, I think it was knowledgeable. Yeah, really helpful, especially in today's day and age, with given everything we've been seeing in the news around this this stuff. Yeah, and you broke down how it affects workplace like very simply and straightforward, but also kind of. It's good to know that this can happen in any size company, and I think that's something a lot of companies might not be fully aware of. Especially yeah. in small companies, you know, the manager might think that they have eyes on, like, everything, but they don't. Yeah. Or they're aware of it, but don't know how to navigate it properly and get themselves covered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's yeah. the key there. We think we know people, but you no. never know anybody <laughs> entirely. And even the best of us make mistakes from time to time. So uh, getting some, some professional advice, getting that training in there so everyone knows what's expected of them, I think is the key. Exactly. And you can give us a call and speak to our GRIP HR consulting managers, and we'll be able to help you out from there. Yes. And stay tuned for the hot topics in HR. (laughs) (laughs) So don't get yourself caught up in risky risky business. business.